Hi, I'm Jay Christian Adams of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. This is Protecting Your Vote, the podcast. Public Interest Legal Foundation is the nation's only public interest law firm dedicated exclusively to election integrity. We talk about all sorts of issues about elections here, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by my good friend Hans von Spakovsky of the Heritage Foundation. Hans, nice to see you today. Nice to see you too. You know, Christian, the nice thing about talking to you is you actually know how to pronounce my my name, <laughs> unlike, <laughs> right? <laughs> unlike a lot of other folks that I talk. Well, to. as you know, there's so many times that I'm testifying or appearing or getting questioned, and I'll and I'll have someone attempt to pronounce your name, right? And they usually mess it up. Well, listen, I wanted to talk about something that is hot and controversial, no doubt, of great interest to people listening, right. and that is the program called ERIC, the right. Electronic Registration Information Center. Uh, a consortium of, oh, who knows now, 30 states or so, uh, that uh, work together in an effort to clean voter rolls, in an effort to increase registration, and in an effort to do fill in the blank, depending on what you think about the organization. Right. Now, you and I were some of the first people ever to write about Eric. No, that, that, that's right. And un- unfortunately, right now, it's the only program in the country in which states actually share their statewide voter registration list. So right now, it's really the only way to find folks who might be registered in more than one state. Unfortunately, uh, it also has a lot of problems with it, which is what has caused a number of states to drop out of the program. My goodness, nuance. What a difficult thing to handle right now, right? Right. Okay, so let's let's get into this nuance. So the first thing you said was, Eric, is the only program in the country that uh, that allows you to compare voter rolls in multiple states. That's right. right. There, there used to be a second program. It was called the Kansas-Missouri uh, Interstate Crosscheck Program. It was actually started by the Kansas-Missouri Secretaries of State, a Republican and a Democrat, and it did the same thing, although it didn't charge the fees that Eric charges the states. Um, However, it was sued out of existence uh, by the ACLU and others who apparently uh, didn't like the program. And so that's, it ceased operating in 2017. Right. In a little bit of detail, I, the Public Interest Legal Foundation, or, or I uh, uh, remember about four or five years ago, we actually helped defend Eric in federal court in Virginia under one of these attacks. The real killer blow came in Indiana in federal court there. Right. And w- you, you mean you defended the interstate cross-check, not interstate. Right, 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 right. Um, in Indiana, you, you just can't make this stuff up. The Secretary of State of Indiana would get the cross-check report and just immediately remove people from the rolls right. based on it without any further steps. And that's what led to the federal court in, in striking down that uh, uh, procedure in Indiana. So fast forward, Eric is out there. You know, I testified to the Texas House of Representatives years ago and said, you need to be in something. Right. Crosscheck is free, so you might as well do it. Eric is expensive. Well, guess what? Crosscheck's gone, but you still need to be in something, don't you? Yeah, because look, there's a lot of things states can do on their own. You know, they need to have extensive programs where they're comparing their statewide voter registration list with other state databases, you know, DMV, Public Welfare and Assistance Office, the Revenue Office, because all of that can provide them up-to-date information on, like, where people live. Do they still live in the state? Are they U.S. citizens? Uh, Are they dead? Uh, But the one thing they can't get from their in-state databases are the names of people who, well, maybe they live in your state, say, Virginia, but 
do they also register to vote in um, a neighboring state or in California? How are you going to find that out? Well, the only way you're going to find that out is if you have some kind of comparison program between the states where they look at each other's statewide voter lists. Now, some will say, because I've heard it, that, hey, somebody just replace this. We'll just find a new way to do it. I'm not aware of any. Are you right now, as we sit here today, no. at the end of April in 2000, uh, 2000 what is this, 23? Yeah. No, at the, at the moment, there's not an alternative to it. Now, I do have to say, because, uh, uh, you know, I've, I, we, we've spoken to the secretaries of state of the states who recently left. Seven states have left, including Missouri, uh, and uh, Florida, West Virginia, Florida, Louisiana, and and all of them had very legitimate concerns, and they actually tried to get the board of Eric to vote to remedy the problems, and unfortunately, uh, the board refused to do that. And it, it's all kinds of things. I mean, for example, which is something that makes no sense, <laughs> the membership agreement for Eric says that uh, when states are providing information to Eric for comparison purposes, they are not to provide anything that indicates the citizenship status of individuals. Now, that makes no sense because obviously citizenship is a requirement to vote in both state and federal elections. You know, the only exception is a couple of of uh, towns in some states. So why would you not why would you not want that information coming in? Uh, one of the other the, the biggest complaint and again, this is a very legitimate complaint, was that the ERIC program required states to once a year uh, send a, a registration notice out to every individual in the state who is not registered to vote. That's very expensive. And as uh, Jay Ashcroft, the Secretary of State of Missouri said, in a lot of cases, it's a waste of money. Why? Because people, many of the people who aren't registered had the opportunity to register, for example, when they went to get their driver's license and said, no, I don't want to register. And the whole purpose of Eric was to clean up voter lists, not get into the voter registration business. That's something that the political parties should do. That's something that candidates should do, not the government. Another big problem, Hans, and Public Interest Legal Foundation knows this firsthand, is Eric agreement between the states actually has a thou must be secretive clause, yes. doesn't it? Yeah, and that it, was one of the worst. Yeah. And so they are not allowed in the agreement to disclose ERIC documents right. to outside parties. Now, here's the problem with that. Federal law makes list maintenance of voter roll documents public information. Right. Which, like, right. By act of Congress. Yeah, which is a good thing because I, I, I think you and I both agree, and, and so do many other folks, transparency is fundamental to running elections. You want to have transparency in the entire process from uh, voter registration to the casting of ballots to the counting of ballots because that's the way you make sure that everything's being done the way it should be and that's how you maintain public confidence. And any effort to hide what states are doing to clean up their voter rolls is is that's it's outrageous. Actually. Here's here's some news I'm going to make here with you. We haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. Right. So as you know, Public Interest Legal Foundation is suing Colorado, D.C., Louisiana, and Alaska right. to have that uh, "thou shall keep secret" clause declared a violation of federal law. Right. Well, we're also in in litigation against the Michigan Secretary of State for not keeping clean voter rolls clean of dead people. Well, guess who does the voter roll maintenance for Michigan? Oh, you're not going to tell me. Eric? Eric does. Okay. <laughs> Wait, it gets better. 
So Michigan says, look, don't do discovery on us. It's Eric that does all the dead cleanup, not us. So, okay, what do you do next as a litigant? Well, you go try to uh, depose the Eric people to find out what they're doing. Exactly right. You serve subpoenas on Eric to do discovery that apparently that's where all the, the business is done in Michigan is for a cleanup of voter rolls. And guess what Eric does? Motion to? To quash your subpoena exactly. saying we got nothing to do with it. There's some news. So <laughs> uh, Eric has tried to avoid answering questions right. about the Michiganless maintenance that they do, right. which adds to the list of things on the ledger of why Eric is a problem. Right. Is not only are they... Uh, bound by a secrecy agreement, when you do try to get past it, they fight. And that is not how elections are supposed to be run. No, I think you'd agree. No, not at all. Now, I, I do want to mention for folks who want to get more details about Eric and all the changes that we, you and I both think ought to be made, uh, uh, we co-authored a paper on the ERIC program, it's available on the Heritage website. I think, it's, is it also available on the Public Interest Legal yes. Foundation website? Yeah, and people can get that. Now, now the, the, the real point to be made about this is um, if the states can't get these changes made that need to be made, well then, yeah, they should think about trying to set up some kind of alternate system to do this. But what they've got to understand is um, that's not gonna be easy to do. It's gonna be uh, expensive, it's going to be resource-driven, and it's going to take a bit of time right. to set up a program that can take all the different um, uh, voter registration lists, all of which, you know, I think the software the states use all vary from That's state right. to state. And setting up a system that can actually compare that data and do it accurately, that is not an easy proposition. I'll give you one example, because, of course, the Public Interest Legal Foundation has done this at great right. expense. Right. Uh, some states might list a birth date as 7-1-5-1965. Others might have a separate column for July. Others might uh, say 0 7 one 5 6 5 and not 1965. And normalizing all this data is not a cheap or easy process. And right. you gotta buy the voter rolls, which is not right. cheap or easy right. either. Right. So until there's something stood up, Eric is the only and sadly best option to do cross-checking. Yeah, and actually, what you what you just mentioned about having to buy voter rolls, one of the one of the other problems with Eric, and this was something that uh, again Jay Ashcroft, Missouri, complained about. He actually sent a letter to Eric when they left. He pointed out that um, you know there are all these states that were not members, and Eric wasn't doing anything to actually get their data. Right. And you know he pointed out that there were like eight eight different border states around Missouri, and only three of them were members, which didn't do him a lot of good uh, in, in doing the data comparisons. And one of the things, again, that Eric just hasn't done is work to obtain the voter registration lists, even of states that aren't participating. They should be able to do that because, in fact, as you know, uh, states make that information available to candidates, political parties, uh, right. third party organizations in many states. And there wasn't any reason that Eric wasn't getting data even from the non-member states, which is important because two of the biggest states in the country weren't members, California and New York. Because their voter rolls in New York are such a mess. Yes, and California Eric wants too, them. yeah. Right, so last question. One of the other things I hear about Eric is they get voter roll data, that's private information that they shouldn't have you know, to, they might go to somebody nefarious. Aren't voter rolls public information? They, they are, and in fact, the National Voter Registration Act uh, 
whose thirty year anniversary is coming up, uh, makes that information public. And there's a good reason for that. How in the world are candidates and political parties, for example, going to contact voters if they can't get the statewide voter list? Uh, how is anyone going to check whether it's accurate if they can't get the statewide voter list? That's the key. You yeah. can't check your government and whether they're doing a good job if you can't look at the right. voter list. And that's what Public Interest Legal Foundation has won victories in Maryland, in Maine, in Illinois, in all sorts of places to get those voter lists because they are public information. Yeah, and, and you guys have used it, for example, to find people who aren't U.S. citizens who are registered to vote, which is a real problem across the country. Google Maricopa County, Washington Times, you can read about that one. So Hans, it's been great to have you on. I, I, I appreciate your time and you have been watching and listening to Protecting Your Vote. I'm Jay Christian Adams with the Public Interest Legal Foundation. S tune in soon again. We'll hear more from Hans about what's going on on college campuses and law schools as it relates to elections. Also, Don Palmer, the Election Assistance Commission, will be joining me in the future. Stay tuned and thank you for listening.